You're listening to the Irish Times Roisin Meets podcast. My next guest's real name is Kevin Barrymore, but you'll know him by his stage name. He's an Irish rock folk singer, songwriter, and he's the younger brother of folk singer Christy Moore. He began touring with his big brother Christy when he was just 14 years old. And since then, he has recorded 22 albums under both his real name and his stage name. His latest album is called Frugalisto, and it was hailed in this very newspaper as being one of his finest collections. And you're very welcome to Roshi Meets Luca Bloom. Lovely to meet you, Roshi. I'm so delighted you came in because I've wanted to have you on for a long time actually. Thanks very much, it's lovely to see you. I wanted to ask you first of all about the name Luca Bloom because okay. I think it's gorgeous and I just always wonder where it came from. Yeah, it took time. I mean, I made the decision in 1986. I sort of made two decisions that were life-changing. One was, which was to to go to America um, and have a stab at uh, having a new beginning in my early 30s. And I had this sense that if I wanted to arrive in America as a complete newcomer, that it would be an interesting thing to um, give my music a, an anonymous identity. And I, it was around the time um, your man Sting left the police and he went out working on his own as Sting. And I thought, well, that's a brave thing for him to do because the police were so huge. And I thought to myself, I wouldn't mind changing the name of my band. <laughs> And at that time, Suzanne Vega came out with the song. And I'd never heard the name Luca before. I thought it was a lovely name. Mm. And uh, and the bloom came later. And what was the bloom from? Uh, obviously from Joyce. Okay, just checking, just Completely checking. pretentious. <laughs> but it's a nice sounding name and it works together. They work together and, and it's been very good to me. Cool. Um, listen, you grew up in Kildare. Yeah, in Newbridge. Yeah. Tell us about your childhood and what it was like uh, generally. It was amazing. I was talking about this the other day. I did a charity concert in Newbridge on Saturday night. And, you know, all of us grew up, we we'd, we were very deprived. We had no iPads. We had no mobile phones. <laughs> um, and my mother in the summertime, from about nine in the morning until maybe eight or nine in the evening, she had no idea where I was. Uh, and that was the case with all of us in the town. So the, I actually said this from the stage the other night at this charity concert in Newbridge that because my father died so young that I was kind of brought up by the town in Newbridge. Uh, by it takes a village, as they say. Well, in this case, it took a town. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> it took apologies a town. to Newbridge. Yeah, it took that. a town to raise the six of us and the town did a very good job, as did our incredible mother. Uh, how influential was she on your music? And Enormously your music? influential. I think um, the word seemingly is that she wanted to be a singer herself, uh, but it wasn't approved of. And she went down a secretarial route <laughs> until she met our father and then she came to live in Newbridge and he died uh, on the 8th of October 1956. Christy was 11 um, and then Eilish was, and then Anne, then Terry, then Andy and I was, I was one and a half. So, you know, she was a 33-year-old widow in 1956 and still, once we all came to about five or six, it was really important to her that we sang and that we got singing lessons and if there was music to be learned we were learning it and she was she was good if we were into sports she was okay with that but music and singing was much more important to her did she sing around the house oh yeah she played piano and sang uh she was a lovely when i visualize my mother it's always at the piano mm. you know she was an she was a lovely pianist in a way that her playing of the piano 
was always about accompanying her voice because she just loved to sing. She absolutely loved to sing. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of singing in our house, you know. She would invite people around to the house and there might be a game of cards, but invariably there'd be songs, you know, and it was it was beautiful. Well, she had a bit of a tough life then, having your father dying with, when she had all those children, under 11, you said. Was the eldest yeah, she was a 33-year-old widow with, with six children under the age of 12. Yeah. It must have been hard. And what are the things that people or the, your older siblings tell you about your dad? What kind of character he was? Well, you see, this is the other beautiful thing about growing up in a town like Newbridge. My siblings would tell me stuff about our father, but, but the t people in the town would as well. Okay, yeah. And still to this day, you know, I'd hear a story. My brother Andy met someone in Cork recently who told him a story about our father. I met somebody last weekend myself who told me stories mm. about my father. Seemingly, he was a really wonderful man who whistled all the time. And, and the older siblings remember him whistling very well. And don't I think he was a singer, but I don't know if he was a singer in the same way that our mother was. Uh, but he was he was a great man in the town and people really loved him. And, you know, it's yeah. lovely. My dad died when I was eight, and but I, I often think about my youngest sister, who was around the same age you were when my dad died. Do you, do you, what do you think about? You have a different sort of um, gap in your life then, because you don't have the absence of someone you knew, you know, with memories. But how do you think it, that did shape you, that not having a father? And I think for a long time in my life it was difficult. Uh, I think, I think by the time I was a teenager and going a bit wild, I became conscious. I had, I had a sense within myself that I was never going to measure up mm. to someone who was as loved in the town as he was. And so it, he had this sort of uh, mythical quality mm. about him that wasn't entirely real. And so for a young kid growing up, that was difficult. Um, but a lovely thing happened about 20 years ago, having lived in different parts of the world, primarily in Dublin, I suppose, but also in different places in Europe and in America. And the only kind of practical thing I ever did in my life was I, I, I got my act together enough to build a house in Kildare and lived there for 12 years. But the beautiful thing about that was that I, I came back to live in the area where I'd grown up, but also the area where my father grew up and lived. Okay. And whatever bit of discomfort or awkwardness I had around as a young man, around trying to in some way maybe reconcile mm. my relationship with my father, uh, after 12 years living where he lived and grew and visiting his grave regularly and visiting my mother as well, obviously beside him. Um, in some way that I don't fully understand, I reconnected with him, but in a very different way that was just more pure. I think whatever bit of baggage I felt I had around that was completely gone. And when I made this move uh, in recent years to County Clare, I remember noting that, that, you know, not too many people get the chance to leave home twice. <laughs> and the first time I left, I think I was a little bit unhappy and, uh, to put it mildly, perhaps. But the second time when I left the part of the country that I grew up in, it was just this feeling of pure love for both my parents and for the area and the town that, that reared us. That's a nice evolution. And just we'll talk about Claire now because it inspired your uh, the song you're going to sing for us first is the title track of your album. And it's inspired by a surfer dude that you know, I think. Oh, he's a lot more than a surfer <laughs> well, dude. You know, that's one of his yeah. many talents. Fergal is an amazing young man who I, I would I would happily say that it's a, it's a lovely thing to arrive at the age of 60 and to look at someone 
who was less than half your age and regard him as a kind of a, a leading light and inspiring person in my life, you know, mainly because of the way he lives. He, he's one of these people that lives with great urgency. Mm. Uh, and that sounds serious, but he's actually great fun. And with his friends uh, in North Clare, they surf and they enjoy the water. But when they come into land, they're all about growing and they're about inspiring people to establish a new relationship with the food that they eat. Okay. And they do it through growing their own food and giving away the food that's left over and selling yeah. some of it. And, and they're developing this whole concept uh, in a very real, tangible way. That One of the things that's interesting about surfers is that they're very climate conscious. Okay. They really know what's going on. Uh, in a very practical way because they see quite literally mm. the changes in the wind, the mm. changes in the storms and they kind of see what's coming down the tracks uh, more than people who just look at computer screens. Yeah. And uh, he, he, But he's just a wonderful young man. About a month ago I was in Australia touring and I was out in a place called Byron Bay and I was walking the beach in Byron Bay and I was doing a gig that night and I met this lad who was there with his wife and his child and they were in the water and he recognized, I just said hello, and he recognized my accent, and he said, you're from Ireland, mate. And I said, and he didn't say, you know, do you know Christy, do you know Bono, yeah, do you yeah. know Roy Keane, do you know <laughs> Paul O'Connell? He said, do you know Fergal Smith, mate? No way. Yeah. That's I, mad. Yeah, and Fergal is a legend among surfers all over the world. Within the surfing community, he is known as a young man from County Mayo who was fearless in the big waves. God, I think I'll have to have him on the podcast as well. Oh, you will have you, to. Will you hook me You'd up You'd love there? him. I will hook you up with <laughs> Fergal, no problem. Brilliant. Well, listen, well, this song should be called Fergalisto. It sounds Fergal- like rather than Fergalisto. I like it. Did you like it there? I like it. You see it. what I did there, Luca? I'm loving that now. I'm with that. This, is, okay. this should be called Fergalisto, but it is called Frugalisto. In honour of the same Fergal Smith. About a lighter footprint I'm craving simple taste Grow my own food if I could at all I put back on my waist What more do I need From the mountain to the sea Call in the gang A Velcro plan A pot of hot coffee or tea When is enough enough When have I enough stuff When is enough enough And when have I enough stuff Frugalisto 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 No manifesto No manifesto Frugalisto Put back on the diesel Suck a little town Calling to the guru tea rooms when the rain comes down. We tease out all the crises from the Ukraine to Iraq. And we've a plan to solve pollution. And we've abolished the water tax. But when is enough enough? And when have I enough stuff? When is enough enough? And when have I enough stuff? Frugalisto. Frugalisto, Frugalisto, no manifesto, no manifesto, Frugalisto. 
still Why would I ever jump on a plane With a passport and sunscreen When paradise is here and now And I am living the dream And my next great adventure Will be just standing still Between Hag's Head and the White Strand And the buzzing all around my hill And when is enough enough? And when have I enough stuff? When is enough enough? And when have I enough stuff? Frugalistum 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 No manifesto No manifesto Frugalistum What about a lighter footprint under the silvery moon? Is my life for living or am I just here to consume? And when is enough enough? And when have I enough stuff? When is enough enough? When have I enough stuff? Manifesto Frugalisto Fergalisto Frugalisto Wow, love it. Excellent. So that's a big shout out for, to Fergal Smith there. A legend in Byron Bay, I hear. Uh, <laughs> so you moved to North Clare and you're loving it there, clearly, and you're you're having a new sort of time in your life, meeting lots of different people and a new environment. It's obviously very inspiring. Yeah, you. it is actually. Um, I think it's a bit of a homecoming in a way, even though Newbridge, County Kildare, will always be the home place. The first time I went to Doolan in 1973, it really hit me and changed me, actually. And I think secretly, quietly, in background of my life I harboured a hope that someday I might get it together too mm. but you have to be careful about that don't you because when you have a romantic love affair <laughs> with a place like that yeah. you know there is the fear that when you move there that it might not live up to your expectations but living in Clare has completely surpassed all my expectations I I love it more than I ever could have imagined and it is it is the first place that I've lived in since I was in Clare that I call home and your kids are kind of grown up now yeah. Tom, so you you can kind of do that. You can kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I mean yeah yeah. My 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 youngest was twenty eight by the time I made the move, so it was fine. It's now good. you're beside the sea clearly, and the sea yeah. is a big part of your life. And one of the songs I always associate you with you is not your own song, but it's a song about the sea as well. Sunny sailor boy. A song I first heard around the corner here in the Abbey Theatre during a, a charity concert. It must be twenty four years ago now, and. I was doing it, uh, Jimmy McCarthy was there, and Mike Scott was there, and he sang this song that he had no intention of ever recording. Really? And he had just written it, and I just said, Mike, what, 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 what is that, what is that? <laughs> and I, uh, it's when you're recording, he said, I'm not going to record. I said, well, would you mind if I did? Wow. And uh, he sent me the words, and uh, yeah, it's, I, I rarely do a show without singing it. Yeah. Thank you, this is a real treat. There's only, there is a problem with this song. What's though. the problem? The problem is that the person 
listening to it with okay, me. Okay, well, I'll try. I you know, know what you're going to say. You know, just quietly. Yeah, quietly. Just channel the inner mermaid. <laughs> She's very, very far hidden down. I'm sorry. <laughs> On a day of days, I stood and gazed Over the western sea Startled and struck, frightened to look When a mermaid called to me Ooh-ah-ooh-ah, ooh-ah-ooh-ah My sunny sailor boy my sunny sailor boy Like a man in a dream For an age it seemed I stood as still as stone While the mermaid sang And her melody rang Like a memory calling me home my sunny sailor boy My sunny sailor boy Then the sea and the wind And the shores did spin Though my resistance was strong All the stars in space Filled the mermaid's face Captured my will with her song. My sunny sailor boy. My sunny sailor boy. Somehow I spoke, the enchantment broke. I rubbed my eyes open wide Like a dream she was gone What remained was a song Born in the ebbing tide My sunny sailor boy Spectacular backing vocals with a completely unexpected <laughs> harmony. The one and only Roisin Ingle. It went a bit hairy at the end, no. but I'm pretty happy with that. I think that. we should go on tour. <laughs> Anytime. I, I just think you should come to my kitchen when I have sing songs and you can just do that and we can surprise everyone. Consider it done. Oh, brilliant. Okay.
great. Well done, you. That was lovely. That I was just, a lovely, unexpected I, surprise. Oh, well, Arnie, thank you. Beautiful. Thanks very much. Um, I'm just, it's amazing that Mike Scott didn't think that was one that he should definitely immediately go and record, isn't it? Yeah, I think he recorded it on something recently, but, you know, it, it didn't seem to him like a song, or maybe he was just doing something else. Yeah, but he, probably, in a way, it was just a song meant for you to sing, and that's what I think, it just kind of floated into your... I think you might be right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're speaking about Claire and we were speaking about sort of the wind and the sea and you said something I thought was really interesting in the interview about the Wild Atlantic Way and how obviously people flock in the summer but in the winter it uh, doesn't attract that many people because it's so wild in a way maybe it's too wild uh, for the, people's the big numbers. Over, the People's Republic of Lascanor has a winter <laughs> population of about 65. La <laughs> Hinch has a winter population of about three or 400. La Hinch swells to about 5,000 and Lascanor swells wow. to about 1,600. So it's a kind of a schizophrenic existence where we're, it's, it's ourselves between, say, November and April, and then we get to share it with the world f- uh, from, say, May until October. And it's, it's kind of fantastic. It's kind of the best of both worlds. So you yeah. get that very hibernating, quiet time yeah. where everyone leaves you alone yeah. and you light the fire and you sing yeah. your songs. Literally. and then Literally. Yeah. And play music with each other, you know, and, and you know, for, for five or six months of the year, you're playing music with whoever's passing through. And then uh, in the wintertime, mm-hmm. we just do, do, do it with each other. Um, which brings us neatly to a song on your album, too, which is the last song you're going to sing to us. And it's called January. January Blues. And why is this? Is this very much inspired by that kind of uh, the whole wintry Claire landscape? Do you still get the blues, Luca? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> less and less, actually. Uh, I'm very content, to be honest with you. And it, it, the title is, mis- is misleading. It's actually a very cheerful song. Uh, and the song comes from the realisation, which is a beautiful realisation, that the thing that I was dreading, which was winter in Clare. I mean, where I'm living, <laughs> when I open my door, yeah. the sea is there, right? Amazing. It's, oh, yeah, it sounds amazing. It, it does. Sounds, it, sounds it sounds great. Amazing. If you're going to complain talking, about it, I don't want to hear it. I'm talking <laughs> like I'm talking hurricane winds right in your face. The nearest right. tree is in Boston and it's intense, you know, and you want to be in the hole of your health and you want to be comfortable in your skin. But once you settle into it uh, and realize that you're in this community of survivors, of winter survivors, it's fabulous. I love it. I, and, I, and it's a great revelation to me, you know, that you just wrap up, go out and brave the wind and have a great time and then come back, light the fire, put on the kettle and away you go. It's no big deal. Fantastic. And before you sing it, you're on tour. You're doing a few gigs around, are you? Are there any you want to mention? Um, that are I'm, I'm on tour in September and October. Okay. It's sort of my first proper theatre tour of Ireland in nearly 10 years. Brilliant. Um, but I'm, the, tours, the gigs I have coming up are abroad. Okay, but, grand. Uh, September, so people October can keep an eye on your website then for the dates and website and face cloth. Face cloth, very yeah. good. That's a good one. Okay, well, listen, I've loved having you here. I've loved having my little sing with you. That was great delight. And uh, you're going to play us out now. I actually think that might be the first time in my life that's, that's ever happened to me. And I've done a lot of interviews over the years that I've been singing songs. And I genuinely believe <laughs> that you are the first person to ever not just interview me and have a conversation with me, but to sing such a beautiful harmony on a song like that. It was really touching. And it's it's... It's fantastic. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for very that. much. I do it a lot with my boyfriend in the car, so I've had a bit of practice. No, listen, steady on there now. Steady on. <laughs> Not that bloody hell. Jeez. Okay, steady moving on. on. There now. Moving, moving swiftly on. along. Those days are gone. Um, January blues. Here we go. Let's Luke get a song Thank going you for coming quickly. in. Let's get it going.
January blues I love the January blues Cause it's naked and it's true I love the January blues Sometimes I love the January blues The low sun kissing our town The ways we all get through Some fly away Some go underground So come on home to your night And give your time some time Wait there for the moon, for the moon and the stars to rhyme. The January blues, I love the January blues. Cause it's naked and it's true, I love the January blues. Beauty in the January blues Lies in just singing them away A cold wind blowing through Through the night into the light of day Ah, it's all over too soon Too soon the romance of spring in the University of Winter I can't fly on January's wing The January blues I love the January blues Cause it's naked and it's true I love the January blues the January blues I love the January blues Cause it's naked and it's true I love the January blues Thank you Luca Bloom Thanks very much for listening to Roisin Meets. If you want to go to iTunes and give us a review, I'd be delighted about that. The podcast is produced by Jennifer Ryan with Gary White on sound. Thanks for listening.